0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. I want to take a moment just to thank our online family welcoming you for being with us today. Yeah, come on, let's welcome our online family. Thank you so much. God bless you, and I was going to say you may be seated, but you're already seated, so I'm just going to move on. Well, I'm not Pastor Tim. Yeah, really? Someone said really? <laughs> but I just, uh, here lately, I, honestly, I've had a... I'm always excited, as you know, to come share the word with you, and I've had a, a lot of things stirring in my heart to share with you tonight, and... Uh, And I'm going to share that with you, but it's kind of, I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, we don't go by feelings, but you sense the presence of God, and you can really feel the presence of God. And we're not people of feelings, we're people of faith, but thank God when feelings are there. And in that, it's kind of like the Lord's pouring into me, pouring into me, and I'm going, it's like a serious download. Now I'm going, God, I need your help to, to make sure I get this out right, you know? So this morning I, I got up early and I went over to Silver Springs, uh, you know, the park that we have here. Paid $2 and sat out there with my computer and, and just sat there by the, hurt the ducks and fish going. I just, I said, Lord, help me. Give me insight. Give me insight. Let me know. Anoint these words, these lips. And I need you. Without you, I can do nothing. And, and, and here's something that the Lord wanted me to tell you. First of all, is that he loves you. Second of all is, he's not done with you. It doesn't matter where you've been or where you've come from, uh, uh, whether it's been a blessing or it's been all hell breaking loose. He's not done with you. He wants to do more in you and through you than you can ever imagine. And the Lord is speaking to me too about that. So I wanted to share that with you. And also, there is something that the Lord wants to do tonight. He wants to summon you. He wants to call you. He wants to cause you to come and there's a word called convocation to gather together for a specific reason and it's kind of like when the people got together to canonize the bible they got together and they prayed and they they said this is of god and this is not of god this is inspired and so god wants to gather us today and he wants you to pay attention to what he wants to say to you tonight because he summons you to something bigger and greater The word summons means to issue or to convene for an appearance. It means to command by service as a peer before a magistrate. I've had a summons before, and it wasn't jury duty. So you go there, and and the lawyers are there, and the judge is there, and, and the judge wants to say something concerning my actions. And tonight the Lord wants to say something to you concerning your actions concerning how you view things, concerning how you see things, or the, maybe the lack of being able to see because the world is crowded in around you. To bid, to come, to draw near, to call forth. It's kind of like John eleven forty three when when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus was dead. There's some things in your life that may seemingly be Dead, a wayward child, sickness in your body, finances gone, someone that loved you says, I don't love you anymore. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And many of you have said that in my office, and it seems dead. But if you focus on in the voice of the master, when he says, come forth things that may seemingly be dead can become alive again. They can come alive again. If Jesus can curse a fig tree, he can also bless a marriage. This Jesus that cursed the religious freedom supposedly that people had in one moment and then forgives a prostitute, this Jesus calls you today to listen to what the voice of the Spirit wants to say to you concerning your life. Amen. The Lord Jehovah, Yahweh himself, the great I am, the King of kings, Jesus, summons us to something. And in my time of study, and I looked into Mark chapter 10, verse 46 and 47 out of the English Standard Version, and it says this, and they came to Jericho, meaning Jesus and his disciples, And as they were leaving Jericho with the disciples, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, what does it say? Have mercy on me. Listen, I don't care if your life is great or hectic. We always need the mercy of God. The mercies of God are renewed every day. Every day his mercies are renewed. But if you don't understand that, you're not going to be able to hear when the master is walking by. He heard of Jesus, meaning he had a preconceived notion of who this Jesus was. What preconceived notion do you have Regarding who this Jesus is. But if your life is so clouded, you can't hear when the master is passing by. But when you're in the presence of God and you unload and you become decluttered emotionally. When you hear him, you can say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Glory to God. Have mercy on me. What you cry out for determines where your heart and your future is. That's right. wow. If you cry out about your problems, your problems become your vision. And guess what? That's where you're headed. Yeah. But when you cry out to God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Help me. I need you. You, oh God, are the vine and I am the branch. Help me. Then my future Is blessed because he is the head. He is the head of the church. He is the Lord of my life and not myself. I got a question for you tonight. How about them Cowboys? (laughs) Eight and one. They haven't won eight straight games since 1977. How do I know? I follow NFL.com. Why do I say that? To kind of give it a little bit of levity here tonight. But at the same time, what I cry out for is my vision. And I believe Dallas is going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I got the microphone. You just stay the no, I'm just kidding. And I do bring a little levity to it. But take that same concept. What are you saying about your condition? What are you seeing about your condition? In verse 48, it says, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, saying, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying, take heart, get up, he is calling you. Sometimes in the middle of your mess, you gotta take heart. You gotta be sick and tired of being sick and tired. You gotta take heart, take courage, that this God is with you. In Joshua 1, 6 through 9, it takes tells us to be strong and very courageous. Tells us to take heart. Number two, to get up, get up. 2 Kings 7, 3-4, there was four blind lepers, famine in the land. They said, if we go into Israel, they will kill us because we're lepers. If we go into the army, maybe they will kill us or maybe they will feed us. But why do we sit here and die? Why are you sitting there waiting for something to happen when Jesus Christ already said, it is finished? You have to believe that greatness is inside of you. This is not just pie in the sky. And the Bible tells us to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. I think highly of myself, of who I am in Christ Jesus, not of who I think I am in my own stinking thinking. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know some of you. Especially this one in the white shirt up in the front row. I'm just kidding. First one, take heart. Second one, get up. Here's the third thing. He knew that the king was summoning him or the king is summoning you. Watch this. In Mark 10, 50 through 51, it says, And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. My wife bought me that. I better pick it up. (laughs) And it says, And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Some of you have the desire to spring up, but you can't. You know why? You have too many cloaks on you, you have too much thinking thinking. You're blaming everybody. You're pointing the finger at somebody when God has already empowered you to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Can I talk a little faith tonight to you? See, I know what it's like to be absorbed with drug addiction thinking, having low self-esteem, and it still tries to attack me. But I know I have to get those cloaks off of me to be able to spring up in faith, to hear the voice of the Master. And come to him. Watch what it says in the next scripture here. It says, in Mark 10, 52, it says, And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. I want you to focus in on this man named Bartimaeus. He heard something and he knew something about this Jesus. That's why he cried out. Second thing is, when people told him, shut up. Can I say that in church? He cried out the more. And then he said, call him to me. And then it says, take cheer, get up. He's calling you. Jesus is calling you. And you want to spring up, but you can't. Because you've been damaged. And that will make light of that. I don't know all your stories, but I know mine. But some of you have blamed too many people too long. Yes, amen. You have not renewed your mind to the fact that God has forgiven you. And as freely as you have been forgiven, you must also freely forgive. You must forgive. Forgive. If you don't forgive, you're poisoning your future. You're poisoning the promises of God. You have the desire, but too many cloaks are still on your back. It says here again in verse 52, And Jesus said, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on his way. I believe again, I tell you tonight, that your faith will be built up to see what you need to see to be able to do what God wants you to do. Let faith arise in your heart today. You see, this man here was able to rise up, but some of you are not able to. But there's still help for you. There's still help for you. You don't have to feel alone and isolated. You've heard the scripture in Psalms 23 that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what is the shadow of death that is still looming over your life? That's the cloak you need to deal with. And then it goes on to tell us. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 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 This is not only the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is also there. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Now watch. Here we have blind Bartimaeus that was able to cast off some things. That was able to spring up. He was also able to hear that the master was coming and he cried out and he said, be of good cheer. So he went to Jesus and his faith healed him. But maybe you're not there yet. Maybe there's still areas in my life that I'm not there yet either. There's a man in the Old Testament, his name is... Mephibosheth, that's a mouthful Mephibosheth that word Mephibosheth means this one who fights against shame and humiliation why is it important to know that because when he was five years old he was dropped and it says that his feet were broken but in the the readings that I've done it says that actually the lower portions of his legs were shattered so the What's happening is this. King Saul and King David are fighting. King David leaves and he has sons. But he makes a pact with the son of King Saul. His name is Jonathan. But now King Saul and Jonathan are dead. And now King David comes into his own and he asks a question. Is there anyone still left in the lineage of Saul and my brother Jonathan that I may show the kindness of God to You have to believe that God wants to show you kindness. But this guy Mephibosheth at that time was five years old. But now he was about 22 to 25 when David came into his own. For 20 some odd years he lived in shame and humiliation. An outcast in the house of Saul. Why? Because his legs were broken. He was not good for anything in the eyes of society. Who has told you that you're not good enough In the eyes of God, who has crippled you or dropped you in your life to make you think you're not good enough? You have to realize that that's a lie from the pit of hell. You have to believe and understand that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. But like I said, Bartimaeus could stand up and spring up and Take off his cloak and hear the voice of the master. But Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, careful how you say that in church. Mephibosheth, (laughs) 20 years, shame, ridicule, outcast, not good enough. But there was somebody saying this, is there still someone that I can show the kindness of God to in the house of Saul? Is there still someone in Meadowbrook that believes that God wants to show you kindness? I believe he wants to show you kindness. To be kind to somebody. I heard a story. It's about two pots. One was a small pot and one was a large pot. A small pot had water in it. The large pot had water in it. And they turned them both on the same temperature. The one with the small pot, that was a small pot, boiled over quicker than the large pot because it had more water than the other. Here's my point. Do small things cause you to boil over quickly that you cannot show kindness to someone else? Joel Osteen's story. It's not my story. But it proves a point that we want God to show us kindness but sometimes we can't even extend kindness to somebody that's around us. Being kind is an act of character. It's an ingredient. It's a byproduct of God. So I'm going to read now before I tell you the more, more of the story. Watch this. Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And David said, Is there still anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Listen to this. Our repentance does not melt the heart of God to release his kindness. It is the kindness of God that is released through Jesus Christ that melts our heart to repent. See, you have to believe that God wants to be kind to you. That will cause you to repent from the cloaks in your life. When you realize that God loves you, And wants the best for you. And wants to give you a future and a hope. And it's his kindness that melts our hearts and say, God, I repent of my sin, my cloaks. I cast them aside that I no longer have to live this way. Watch what it says here in 2 Samuel chapter 9. Again, verse 2 through 4. Now there was a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Zeba. And they called him to David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there still not someone in the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God to him? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Mashir, the son of Amiel, at Lodabar." Take a little break here. I'm gonna show you something here. This word, "lo debar. Say low, lo debar. Low means without, debar means pasture and pastor. You put those together no house, no pasture, no pastor, no covering, no leading. Do you know when you feel crippled in your feet, when you're not in church, when you don't have a pastor trying to give you what the Spirit of God wants? you have no spiritual food in your daily life, when you don't read the word. You will feel less confident in God when you are not doing spiritual disciplines. But when you are in spiritual disciplines, you don't have to feel like lodebar. You don't have to feel like you have no pasture. You don't have to feel like you have no pastor. See, the Bible says that we are sheep of his pasture. And we have to understand that he wants to lead us and he wants to feed us. But if not, you're going to feel shame, condemned. You're going to feel Mephibosheth. You're going to feel crippled. Is everybody okay with me? Trying to teach you something. As we move on here. 2 Samuel 9, 5 through 6, it says, Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Meshir, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And King David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And then in 2 Samuel 9 through 7 and 8, it says, And David said to him, Do not fear. I will show you kindness. For the sake of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you will always eat at my table. And verse 8 says, and he paid homage and he said, what is your servant that you should not regard, that you show regard for a dead dog such as I? Wait a minute, time out. King David is now the king of Israel. 20 years later, he is now the king of Israel. Remember Bartimaeus? He got up. Mephibosheth couldn't even get up, so David said, go get him and bring him to me. Wherever you are, if you can get up, God still wants to talk to you. If you can't even get up, God will send people to get you up and bring you to him. No matter where you are, God wants to show you kindness. Now get this. This is incredible to me. If I can just remember what I was going to say. No, yes. (laughs) Here we have show kindness. This king of Israel, the most powerful man on earth, says, I'm going to give you treasure. I'm going to give you house. I'm going to give you food. You'll have a place at my table. I'm going to give you back what was your father's. I'm going to give you back what was your grandfather's. And this is what he says. I'm just a dead dog. Sometimes that's our thinking with God. Because if we feel shameful and crippled in our feet and have no confidence, someone will say, God wants to bless you. Oh, no, I'm just a worm in the ground. I don't deserve anything. Tell you what, give me your blessing. I'll put it to work. (laughs) I will. We'll feed some people with it. We'll visit some people in prison with it. We'll go to the hospitals. But God doesn't want... For you to sell your birthright as Jacob and Esau, he doesn't want that. He wants the best for you. He wants to show you kindness. But watch this some of us need some Zibba's in our life. Mephibosheth couldn't even walk, he couldn't do nothing. But what King David did, he said, Zibba, take you and all your posse and go find him and bring him to me. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have a variety of ways for you and I to be connected to this church body. Because sometimes you and I cannot do it alone. God wants to show you his kindness. He doesn't want you to fight with shame and insecurity and feel less than, for lack of a better word, He wants to empower you to be a light in the darkness. He wants to show you, last time I was with you, I told you that you were chosen, that you were appointed and anointed. Stop complaining about your job and say, God has blessed me with this job, and I'm going to be a light in the darkness, and I'm going to show people kindness. Everyone just smile, because I just started to sweat really bad. Do I need to ask you about those cowboys again? No. We're starting to come down to this. Remember early I told you to take heart. I told you to get up. To know that the king, he summons you. But I tell you again that Mephibosheth, he couldn't take heart. He couldn't get up. He didn't believe what the king was telling him. And that's why he said, I am but a dead dog. Maybe tonight you can't take heart. You can't seem to get up. You don't believe somehow that God could forgive you. But I tell you, there is a remedy. And the remedy is the presence of Almighty God. The remedy is to get around good people. I've seen good people being taken down by bad associations. The Amplified Bible says that, that good character is corrupted by bad associations. Who you hang around with. If you're not strong enough, you better get out of their presence. Well, we won't go there anymore. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9 through 10. And it says, then the king called Ziba, Saul's servants, and said to him, all that belong to Saul and all to his house I have given to your master's grandson, which is Mephibosheth. And you, your son, and your servant shall till the land for him and shall bring it in the produce. That your master's grandson may have bread to eat, but Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Why do I say this? This is very important. If you show kindness to someone who has no strength, God will not only bless you, but he will also bless your family. He will also bless those that are in association with you that take part. Of helping someone else. That's why we do serve week. That's why we do bag by the bumper. That's why we visit. That's why we have small groups. Why? Because we need to do it together. We do it better together. We are a family. And sometimes we have some weird uncles in our family that we need to help. Don't look at me like you don't know what you're talking about. It's about to be Thanksgiving. You got some weird Ken folk coming to your house. Talk about the cowboys, but be kind to them. (laughs) Extend kindness. And the Bible says that Ziba, all his 15 sons and 20 servants were blessed because they took care of Mephibosheth, the one that was lame and crippled. In the book of James, it tells us very clearly what is true and undefiled religion. It says to visit the widowed, the orphaned. That word orphan means those that have been cast aside. You, during serve week, went and visited first responders. You went to the hospitals. You did great things also at Interfaith. Interfaith over at N.H. Jones, Danella Middle School, and the Boys and Girls Club. But throughout the week, all small group leaders were doing something. Why? Because you want to help people move from where they are to what? To where God wants them to be. We want to help society or Mephibosheth. We want to end here with 2 Samuel 9, 11-13. And Ziba said to the king, according to all, my lord, the king commands his servant. So will your servant do so. Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of his king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. This is the key, verse 13. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem. You know what Jerusalem means? Peace. So here we see Mephibosheth, shame. He traded his shame for peace. And he always ate at the king's table, But yet he was lame in both his feet. You don't have to be perfect to come to the king's table. You don't have to have it all together to come. You may be lame in your feet or maybe you have hearing aids. I don't know. But I know this much, that you can come to the master's table and feast like one of his sons. That's why we can cry out, Abba, Father. We have received the adoption of sons. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.